what you're going to do is one of you is going to squat down or kneel down and kind of like get at the level of the other person's genitals and just go up to the genitals and don't touch them. But just give them love and <laughs> no. just love the other person's genitals. This was seriously the exercise in a grad school class. <laughs> no way. No way. Enter the Freud. Warning. This podcast is for entertainment only and not intended for medical purposes. You're saying that people are getting uh, alarmed. They're like, who's going to be regulating the metaverse? People are getting scared about that. Yeah, and specifically, if you try to listen to people talk about something as silly as dating in the metaverse, then it's like, it, it really get it, in my mind, it stands out as you and I are trying to figure out why people are even dating. What, what do people use sex for? Like, people can't even agree. They're like, oh, you can't dress up in a horsey costume and run around. That's not, that's not okay. Or you can't even have sex out of marriage. Some people are still yeah. thinking that. And then yeah. other people are trying to figure out how many women can I have sex with in one day? <laughs> I think some people think you should only have sex in the missionary position. <laughs> oh, dude, that's, I think that's real. People do really yes. think that. Yes. Um, okay, but... I, I don't quite understand when someone says, oh, my God, who's going to be regulating dating in the metaverse? That makes you be worried about their sanity or something. I, I am absolutely concerned about all of our sanity. And let me see if I can even get this shit out. Right. OK. If, if I can even just kind of like get someone else into this conversation in my own mind. As soon right. as I thought about this, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it for like 24 hours. Okay, well, explain your thought process. So, so here, here's my fundamental dilemma. Like, if we're questioning something so fundamental as just like the pursuit of romance and sexuality, we, we don't agree. Everyone can't figure out how does this work? Why do you do it? Should it be private? Should it be public? How much... How much is is healthy, and and in that whole range of just simple discussion of, of I want to just bring it into the very easy identifiable issue. Uh, we could just say sexuality, right? Yep. Let's let's get rid of romantic. Let's go sexuality, and we'll say, all right, let's figure out how how does someone psychologically even negotiate this within their own mind. And as soon as we start to point out the parameters of how we do that, then it will immediately, well, it should, but for, for my mind, it instantly just then kind of populates to the understanding of everything else in the world. Okay, so let's attempt to do this. So first off, we got to make the differentiation between what a person consciously thinks versus what is actually going on, which is largely unconscious. They don't, like, so pick your average joe human being who is has drives to have sex yeah and you ask joe hey joe why do you have sex and joe will answer however he answers but his answer is is wrong <laughs> well it's not wrong but it's wildly incomplete and he's really missing the picture so what joe thinks is the reason he has sex versus what is the actual reason are two different things so that's the first thing we got to say yes and and then we got to, the, the relatively easy part of this question is, okay, let's go ask 
several people, why do you have sex, and hear what they think. And so then we can categorize, there's probably, you know, a handful of different groups of people that all agree, and some people think they do it for, because of Darwinian drive to procreate, and some people think they do it for blah, 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 right? Um, and then you and I have the much more difficult and ambitious and perhaps dubious task of, but what's the real reason that people have sex? Well, you and me can attempt to speculate about that. But first, let's just talk about why, why do people think that, what, what, what's their conscious reason? And I, I, na I named one. Yeah. Let's just name every, all of them that we can think of. If you go out and ask 100 people, what are the answers you're going to hear? One of them you'll hear is, will be the Darwinian scientific biological thing. And that through evolution, our organism and fucking most organisms on planet Earth developed this powerful drive to have sex. And it's just like a biological instinct that we have. We just want to fuck because... Our ancestors that wanted to fuck procreated more, so there's that was uh, genetically selected. That's definitely not the top. Re the top reason people say is because it feels good. That's what right. everybody that, says. Yeah, yeah the, the 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 argument I was just making. It, not that many people would say that, but the more like science. There's a lot of people who are kind of like educated in science these days. Oh yeah, and they would probably they would say that. Yes, yes, definitely. Well, most people would say it feels good. Some people would say um, because it like it's like it's it like emotionally feels good. Yeah. For for bonding and for um, um, just the experience of loving connection. Yeah, which that goes into where you're going to explore sexuality because it's some kind of an expression of freedom and it's some kind of a self-expressive process. That that is, I suppose, more of like a San Francisco. Um, what was that program in our school that was like the dance therapy? The yeah yeah. What, what was that? <laughs> it was like dude. That that school we went to, there was some crazy shit going on. <laughs> I remember Rich took this class, dude. Listen to this. I don't know if you've heard this story or not. But Rich took a class that probably was in like some school like that. And Rich didn't even go to our school, but he took this class at our school. <laughs> and they were doing some sort of he some sort of super alternative San Francisco healing thing. And it was and the the exercise of the day, and this is a fucking graduate school class, was like, okay, everybody, we're now gonna go off into groups and we're gonna pair up, and one of you is gonna be the healer, and one of you is gonna be like the client and what you're gonna <laughs> what you're gonna do is one of you is gonna squat down or kneel down and kind of like get at the level of the other person's genitals and just go up to the genitals and don't touch them but just give them love and <laughs> no. just love the other person's genitals this was seriously the exercise in a grad school class <laughs> no way <laughs> no way yes and so then the instructor was like okay so let's let's pair off into different groups of gender comfort <laughs> and i guess back th back then people weren't so into the non-binary so it just was going to be men and women but it was super lgbt friendly so they were like okay so over if you want a female to love your genitals go over here and if you want a male to love your genitals go back there and if you don't care who loves your genitals a man or woman go over here <laughs> 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 and
And Rich said he didn't care if a man or woman. So he went over there and um, all the women went over to the I want a female to love my genitals. Yeah. Nobody went to the I want a man to love my genitals. So all the people in the I don't care group were all men. And Rich is like, wait a minute. Can I like change my choice here? <laughs> oh, uh oh. And so wait, then wait, Rich, wait. And, and Rich and another man had to trade off getting down on like squatting down and like getting up close to their genitals and loving the other dude's genitals. I can't believe my camera is giving us problems right now. It, okay. We're back. We're back. Okay. So I was just telling the story of... Um, I'm sorry, I don't know how the hell I just completely digressed. No, but, um, dude, it was so awesome it, because this really is helping formulate in my mind the concern. It's like those types of outrageous experiences and totally bizarrely designed things that happen in life kind of prepare you for what I see as the actual internal mechanisms of a mind. Of a, of a functional psychology. And this is the part where th this kind of window into sexuality is starting to reveal that we don't know what the fuck we're talking about when we say, oh, this is what a healthy psychology looks like. I, I'm starting to realize that up until this, this date, I've never heard anyone describe how to really f manage this whole machine. I, don't, I honestly don't think I've ever heard someone articulate what is happening as a result of this story but that so let's go back to the story because i think it's it and then i'll and then i'll help explain why this is causing me to it, to still have this experience okay so yeah this story is you and i actually whenever we get in this topic of sex and human sexuality you and i each will have some funny or outrageous story from a client or something <laughs> And one of the takeaways always is that, wow, human sexuality is crazy. And it like drives humans to do crazy, really bizarre things. Yeah. And then we sort of marvel at that. And we usually walk away being like, eh, like that's cool. Human sexuality is crazy. The human psyche is crazy. People are crazy. Like whatever, we're working it out. And, and we don't know what else to say. But it does seem like... Um, all depth psychologists, and if we add sex into that, like depth sexuality psychologists, which I've never, I don't know, I've never met one of those. <laughs> maybe you, maybe you and me are one of those. I don't know. Um, but the the community of depth sexual psychologists, we need to go beyond just, eh, we're figuring stuff. We need to like try to actually like do a deep dive and make some sense out of what the hell's going on. Yeah, okay. I I like it because it's true. We do we usually end with like, wow, that was an amazing look through it's almost like we're we're snorkeling just looking through a mask at the reef and you're like, Oh, yeah. look at those crazy little fish. Okay, let's go home now. Right? Right. And now we gotta like try to go and start to um uh uh categorize and classify and understand the ecosystem of the reef a little bit better. Absolutely, but also what I what, what I'm really interested in is how to instruct ourselves as to how do you even put on a mask and then hold your breath as you dive down to look at these things. That's the part where I really feel like 
we're so limiting in the way that we, we can articulate to each other how do you even look at our, how do we then look and is the reef part of, are, are we part of the reef when we're looking at it? And I don't mean to get too meta, meta, because I know we're here to talk about dating in the metaverse, but that part of, dating in the metaverse is such a tiny little silly story that, like, honestly, no one really gives a shit about. But, <laughs> but, but like, look, watch, I'll show you how stupid it is. And, and you help me, help me figure this out. Right. So dating in the metaverse would, would obviously be something like, and, and until we get our imagination much larger than it currently is, this is what we imagine it to be is basically what will we'll be in some kind of a shared virtual experience that you can then use your avatar to then go up to other people and interact with them with your micro ex expressions in the same way that you can in real life when you walk up to someone at a bar. Um, and then, but it will be micro expressions of your avatar, the way that your body moves towards them away. You'll, you'll have all these cues that are just like real life, but except that it'll be much worse than a TikTok filter that like, yeah. It, and if you think about that, in the way that we currently use filters or the way that we use makeup in real life, right? Like yeah. makeup has become so, so different recently that, that women use these makeup tutorials and then pretty much if you have basic structure that's, that's normal, you can kind of look like a model with these makeup tutorials and then go out into the world and basically fool yourselves and everyone that you look different than you do. Well, yeah, and it's well, it's, but it starts to blur the lines between fool yourself or not is like what's real, and then especially when you get into plastic surgery, yeah. you know. And then if we, now let's just follow the gray area. Okay, the metaverse is way over here. It's like your your metaverse avatar isn't quote isn't how you really look. Okay, so that's clear. And then move one step. And it's like um, a Snapchat filter. Yeah, That's yeah. also not how you really look. Move another step, it's makeup, right? Yeah. Move another step, it's plastic surgery. Move another step, it's like how you comb your hair um, or whether or how you dress, yeah. right? Move another step, whether you take a shower or not and whether you brush your teeth or whether you have cavities or not. Well, Move another step how much you go to the gym yeah. and how and how much you restrict your eating well okay you know, right, wait right there right there when you say how much you restrict your eating that's where the boundary of this external self and boom you're in an interior world immediately happens to me right because as soon as you talk about hey restricting your eating now that's the majority of my interior world like how i function in the world is entirely because of this really unique story that I run in my head constantly. And so I'm, I'm like constantly negotiating with internal voices that I'll have a dialogue and a meta dialogue constantly. There's, there's like a metacognition along with the, if you pay attention, which some people would say, oh, you have to do mindfulness practice for a long time before you can do this kind of a thing. And I'm like, no, you fucking don't, right? I guarantee you and everyone listening to this can relate to the fact that, hey, if you stop talking, 
you are still thinking of shit right now, right? Like you're, you're, right. you're thinking and processing what I'm, and you may be actually working on the words that you're going to say. And while you're doing that, you're running another script. And it's like yep. that competing dialogue has <clears throat> multiple personas. It's not just like, oh, there's Dave. Dave thinks one thing, but then, well, when he when he thinks extra, Dave is thinking another thing. No, it's actually there's there's aspects of your personality that get accentuated. Some that are totally devious. Some that are ultra rule regulated. Some that are absolutely like constantly in reaction to the world and need to like point out how they're going to how they're going to save us all from a conspiracy that shit is really in each one of us and they're all vying for the, the goggles to put on so they can look through mm-hmm. are you with me well i did i you're you're jumping around so i'm getting confused especially when you went back to the goggles <laughs> so try to simplify and give me a simplified summary of what you just said well okay so basically i'm saying that Inside our, our our internal experience of a self is actually multiple multiple personas that then get various playtime in your in your live proje- um, the traction of your paid attention. Yep. I, I'm going to say attention because then that's going to be our window back into the metaverse back into the attention economy, back into the internet and the thing that people are freaked out about regulating. But Okay, so, so let me see if I understand what you're saying. Um, I'll use a metaphor. Let's say the metaphor is a theater production and the stage that faces out to the audience is the um, interface that the individual has with the world. So every person has one stage that is interfacing with the world, but then they have a lot of different people backstage that they could choose to go send out onto the stage. And um, if I'm hanging out with my girlfriend, I'll go send out the boyfriend onto the front stage. Perfect, yes. But if I'm, if I'm at work, I'll, the boyfriend will go backstage and then I send the professional out to interface. And so there's all these different people who can interface. Awesome. Yeah, that's, I think that's a great way to, to make sense of my otherwise frantic need to, to share <laughs> This thing that's it's fucking roiling. It's it's past boil. Like I, I'm like okay. So so let's let's try to uh, agree on some uh, terminology. Okay. So some I there's a whole school of psychology that call what I'm using the metaphor for these different actors. There's a school of psychology that calls them self states. Okay. And the hu- and the human has different self states, and you can interface with different. Um, audiences, you can pick whatever self-state you want, your boyfriend or your professional or your dad or your whatever. Um, and then the, let's use the, the one that's, that's deciding to interface, I, the word persona comes to mind. It's like my persona right now is David the podcaster or whatever. Right. And that's my, that's my persona. Okay, so you, all right, now I think I'm, now go back to trying to explain what you were sort of explaining, because I, I think I am understanding now. Okay, great, great. Uh, th- I, I'm glad, because this, this, I knew was going to be a process. Um, so, so, I guess, 
now that now that we're kind of agreeing that within a self there's multiple there's multiple states and or multiple personas there there's just various aspects of ourselves and the strangest thing is we have to acknowledge that internally some of the some of the people that live inside this host are super terrorizing and they they have they have horrendous characteristics that that will lead your life to be extremely neurotic and massively dysfunctional and yeah. and to to think that what our job is is to get rid of those or to suppress them is the most naive thing ever it's to just say yep. oh and this is because the way that we talk about the subject is so um rudimentary and basic and and, and flawed that we always say these, we talk about it in condensed type of terminology where it's like have positive thoughts and how to cultivate positive thinking, positive psychology. And it's like, dude, stop doing this, this basic split, the Judeo-Christian type of a split that we must become godlike and suppress the Satan impulses. Like we yep. have to we, we have to acknowledge that, hey, check it out, man what it's like to really be a person is to be profoundly riddled with these these voices of dysfunction that will that you have to cohabitate with you do not get to then lock them away and then have the the only thing that looks through the lens or or gets onto the stage is this glorious self that is haha i am so perfect and so wonderful and and my entire life is designed to then work hard so i can give to the poor yeah yeah oh let me let me kind of restate i think the same thing you're saying but let me just kind of state it from a different perspective and i think this is a pretty typical jungian perspective on this thing okay so the idea is that in every human there's a wide cast of characters all different kinds of characters there's some really good and responsible and altruistic and organized whatever characters but there's everything under the sun there's wild there's silly and there's demonic and there's lustful and there's selfish and there's, so there's this wide range of things and the Jungian idea well no first let me start with the kind of um i don't know if it's i don't know if positive psychology is the right word but it's almost kind of like the protestant christian enlightenment era idea is that Let's train our children to be good, responsible citizens and do good work and be prudent and work hard and save your money and get married and be a dutiful husband and, you know, be good. That's sort of like this lesson of the typical Protestant Enlightenment whatever era of typical American white Protestant culture. Um, and there's a lot of truth to that. We wouldn't want to just say that's bullshit. But from the Jungian perspective, it's um, immature because it doesn't recognize that the fact that the human is actually this much more complex being. And, and in the Jungian sense, if you can get to know all of your different people and allow and maybe even invite all of your different people up into your living room and they can all kind of have a place and they can all kind of like do what they need to do then you can have a relatively rich, meaningful life. But from the Jungian perspective, if you try to banish certain people to the basement and lock them away, yeah. it, it may work for a while. It may work for a year. It may work for 10 years. 
but eventually those demons or characters that you banished in your basement are going to tank your fucking ship. They're going to find a way to make you depressed. They're going to find a way to make you start drinking a lot. Oh, yeah. They're going to find a way to make you cheat on your wife. They're going to find a way to make you blow all your money at the casino. Oh, like yeah. those demons are going to those demons are going to revolt and fuck you up. And that's kind of the Jungian perspective. And I, don't, I honestly, I don't think many people, it seems obvious to you, me, but I don't think many people get that. I think most people are on the like enlightenment Protestant bandwagon. And why don't you just not drink? And why don't you just like be faithful to your wife? And why don't you just like work hard and save all your money? Yeah, yeah. I, okay, so that, I, I like that because it, it is an immature perspective, but... So the part that I'm struggling with right now is to kind of help the help myself be able to have a conversation that that takes this kind of Jungian idea into the real lived experience today. Because as obviously Jung was alive 100 years ago and and those concepts are they're absolutely true. He, he like had some type of a, a clairvoyant vision of of what are we? What what are we as human beings? Except I, I I had this intense drive to to figure out how do we say what it is today, and so that's when I go to this this rather silly concept of of dating in the metaverse, right? And I know that's a big leap, but here we are again. Like if if you don't actually have to go into public and then be insecure and available and confront all of the developmental aspects that it takes. If you can, if you have this more facilitated video game style of hookup where obviously video games are massively designed to not expose you to failure, otherwise no one would mm -hmm. play them, right? That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the most addictive quality I think about video games is they facilitate success. You get this, mm -hmm. you get an experience of, ooh, I'm getting better at the game. And it's like, no shit, it's designed to be like that, you fucking idiot, right? Yeah. And so, in a way, it's like, like, I guess real life is actually designed to, to be like that also, right? Like, back, back to, I'm sorry that I'm jumping around like a crazy person, but, I, <laughs> I, dude, I, I swear to God, this is like a real, this is really happening to me. Like, I, I'm actually this fragmented and scattered in this area, and I feel an intense need to to talk about it. Yeah, well, I probably what needs to happen is we have to, like, I think that my hunch is there's a, some important idea floating around, and it's probably fairly complex, and we have to kind of, like, just, like, keep maneuvering it around until eventually it'll slowly get clearer and clearer in one way. And when it finally gets clear, you'll be able to shit it out like a nice, big, well-formed shit, and you'll feel so satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dude. This is. It's, I'm, I'm. I'm sorry to hear that. That's how. That's probably the a better way to describe what the fuck this is. But it it's true because at some point, it's like. Like, I'm searching for a way to talk about this in a way that I know has never been said. I know. And so it's important. So to, let's just keep at it. Don't You don't need to stop uh, questioning yourself. Look, but, I, but I think me kind of trying to repeat back to you what I'm hearing so far maybe is going to help shape. Okay, so um, we came to some sort of agreement about the, um, uh, the different people in the theater and the different self-states. And then when we try to apply that to the metaverse, there's this idea that um, 
everyone's gonna want in the metaverse everyone's gonna want to be to look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson or everyone's gonna want to look like Beyonce and there's gonna be all these Dwayne the Rock Johnsons walking around and all these Beyonce's walking around trying to hook up yeah but the reality is is they're all ugly smelly people yeah p- pretending to be the rock or Beyonce and they're really not um and uh then you then you went off into a new thing where you were like people need to be ready for something and that's where i i'm do because that's it right there as you point out how easy it is to see what we're all going to do with our avatars it's like that's where it immediately reflects back to what we are doing with our psychologies it's like we have this Dwayne the rock johnson presentation of a self which is such bullshit it doesn't matter if you're in there and you're like, hey, I have like no accountability. This isn't even really me. And you're just like, well, what are you going to do then? It's like, you, are you really just going to seek out this kind of a cautious approach where you're, you're just going to be like really nice and, and sensitive to other people's needs? Is that really what you're going to do in there? It's like, no, the, the dial's going to tweak more towards I'm going to do some wild shit. I'm probably going, yep. I'm going to start to explore what happens. Like, like you're not going to ghost people and then just be like, oh my God. And because you're going to get a rating, obviously, like an, like an Uber score in this world, right? Yeah. Like how, how, how is this person dating? And here's how they kiss. And here's how they fuck. Ooh, I got a five star on my fucking, like, like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> yo. And you'll be saying to the person, you better give me fucking five stars. I swear to God, like, dude, it, or whatever, however this goes, right? Like, I don't know how the, it's just kind of silly in a way, but like, well, you know what? The, the five star thing just threw me for a loop. Do you know where we are? <laughs> like, you, where? The, the, the five star thing was a really good detour you took though. That we're going to have, we're going to, that's going to be a nice little TikTok clip. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember where we are. Okay. So the idea is that the metaverse is going to open up this new arena that people are going to go into. And in that new arena, because there's something about the metaverse that like, unleashes a level of freedom and in that arena each person is gonna is sort of gonna like transform into like some monstrous creation of narcissism or something yes well because that's what we idealize in romance and dating that's what i'm talking about is that's why dating in the metaverse is important because we know who we're gonna bring to the table for the date Right, we know what we're gonna do. It's gonna be this this totally grandiose sense of self, as opposed to if like fuck dating in the metaverse. Let's go to serial killing in the metaverse. Right? There's t- there's so many video games that are that exact thing. Video games that have given the human a safe little place where they can go and be a sociopath and just murder and slash and blood flying everywhere, and it's really kind of fun and entertaining it's like most people really fucking enjoy that shit yeah you see like it seems so obvious that that this kind of this kind of lends into okay we'll have more facilitated experiences like that and then of course the same people that thought rap music was going to cause you to become violent and kill people and the idea that you are as stupid as the people that you're outraged about 
You are. Right. <laughs> that's a, dude, that's a great quote right there. You are as stupid as the people you're outraged about. <laughs> I like that one, dude. That, that could be... I, I, maybe we should make a t-shirt for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, well, given the context of how we're talking about it, like it right now, that is a real. It, it's like it's really happening, and so that's why I I I like this concept a lot. And now I'm more interested in like, oh, well, what would happen if we facilitate the psychopath? But that's not really what I I'm here to kind of figure out. I'm here to figure out like, well, what happens to all of our inabilities to deal with depression and and anxiety as we're so ill-equipped to deal with this because, and this is my theory, I'm going to state it again, is that we aren't versatile within these these voices and selves that are, are trying to get the goggles to look through the world. Well, there's this interesting idea that you're posing is that we know what the metaverse is going to look like. It's going to be like, there's going to be one realm where everyone's has an avatar that looks like The Rock and everyone has an avatar that looks like Beyonce and they're all just fucking wildly, right? There's that realm. There's another realm where, and like in that realm, like people are driving up in Lamborghinis and wearing these super fancy outfits and whatever, right? And then there's another realm where like, it's just like serial killers. Everyone's just fucking killing. It's like Halo killing or slashing and whatever. There's that realm. There's another realm where like people are like, building their their own personal trump tower and standing at the top and then demanding that a beyonce comes and sucks their dick in their trump tower (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, perfect it's true and then there'll be another one where you your avatar is a hot dog and then you're you know and it's like it's or, or you're showing up with your NFT that is the avatar and on and on yeah and there's a there's another one where it's like and a lot of people will glorify this one, but I'm going to kind of make fun of it, even though I think it's probably cool, where everyone like has their unique artistic creative sculpture. And it's like, oh, look at how like artistically sophisticated my sculpture <laughs> is. And I'll go look at yours and you come look at mine. And they'll think they're more artistically sophisticated. And maybe they are, but it's pretty similar to the dude who built his own Trump Tower, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, okay. Exactly, exactly, right? Like... At some point, this is, okay, I realized where I left half of my brain. Like, okay. I left half of my computing into this, like, well, how are we supposed to deal with the complexity of anxiety and depression with, the, we have the same internal, the in, in same internal mechanisms as always, and they are absolutely more complex than whatever the metaverse is going to bring us, and we are already navigating this constantly just the majority of our navigation is unconscious we are unconscious about the production of the avatar like as as you say in these multiple worlds in the metaverse those are constructs that we build but then we're very unaware of the fact that this self that we've created just to be here in this podcast is a production that we are constantly in the dance of upholding. Yeah, yeah. The 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 here's the main link where I don't get. I get uh it it's like what's the metaverse and these personas? Okay, so I can feel that human psychology. How is that related to the depression and anxiety? I don't get the connection there. 
Oh, well, so because, okay, thank you. Because my understanding of how we regulate ourselves to be inoculated against depression and anxiety is to have a repertoire or like a versatility within this internal space so that when inevitably you catch yourself with somebody else driving the ship into the fucking rocks that you can just be like, hey buddy, yeah, 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 you, dude, you have a place. I know you like to destroy everything, but you're supposed to be over here, man. Like we need you to do something like your job is to destroy something but not to drive our ship into things. And other people would say, oh, your job is to destroy everyone who follows Trump, right? Like, oh, yeah. give that guy a seat. Like, but, and, and so I'm sorry that I'm getting lost into these, these, these potential selves, but I think that everyone can kind of relate. Anyone who is outraged by people who follow Trump, it's like, why do you want to destroy them? Like, that's, that's a part of yourself that looks at the bad other and then you're like, what is that guy's job? Should you really spend your time actively pursuing people who care about Trump? Like, dude, people care about such stupid shit. Like, why are you letting that guy drive you towards? So now your identity to some degree is figuring out how to deal with Trump. And it's like, I don't know. Part of my identity is, in, is massively invested in like saving humanity from anxiety and depression. Like that's yeah. really happening. Yeah. Okay, so hold on. I, you're saying so, I think you're saying something that's important, but it's not clear. Let me kind of try to repeat back my understanding thus far. It sounds to me like you have a system in place in your brain, and maybe it's been in place, but you're just starting to get clear about this system. And it sounds to me like the system is something like this: that the human being has all these different people in us, and there's a mass murderer, and there's a sex addict, and there's a a scared little insecure four-year-old and there's all these different people and a healthy psychology accepts that we have all these different people and kind of provides a big sort of playground where they can all kind of do their thing and the mass murderer can safely go over here and murder some imaginary things and the sex addict can watch porn and have fantasies about sex addictions or whatever. There's like a nice little playground for each person to do their thing and you kind of love them all and accept them all and let them do their playground, which is very different than the typical American culture where it's like, no, we're, we're just good people and we do good things. Yes. So your system is you, you kind of have this thing. But then occasionally one of the fanatics um, plays a trick on you and he sneaks over and he takes over the driver's seat and he starts to driving the train off the tracks down on his little fanatical idea. Yeah. And what you do is you're like, whoa, sorry, buddy, you're not supposed to be in the driver's seat. Remember, your playground is over here. So go back and go play on your jungle gym and I'll, ooh, I'll get the train back on the rails. Okay, good, that was a close call. Yes. That fanatic almost like tanked us. Yes, okay, That. thank you for, for making it more cartoon-like. It lightens it up a bit because... <laughs> It, at some point, there's there there's like a a real. Um, I guess I I struggle to even figure out. All right, how many times a day does one have to do this? And it depends on how critical your current state is. Like how yeah, yeah. how much of a crisis is your depression, or how much of a crisis is your anxiety? Well, when it's really bad, you might have to redirect the ship like a hundred times a day, yeah, five hundred hey, times. Hey, Hey, I lost track of time. Uh, uh, I think we got to stop.
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Hey.